Back in the mid-2000s, I was in Protestant seminary, and the season of Lent was coming up. And I wanted something to carry or to wear on my person that would serve as a reminder to me of the disciplines of this holy time of year. I had no idea that what I chose would foster so much suspicion from my fellow seminarians. I'll tell you all about it coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Patrick Conley here, grateful for having you join us for the show that's focused on bringing encouragement and inspiration for you as you seek to be faithful to the Lord and His call on your life this day. So as I said, I was in Protestant seminary and I wanted something to wear or carry that would remind me throughout the season of Lent of the disciplines that I was trying to practice. So I talked about it with my wife, who has the creative charism of craftsmanship, and she said she could make a beaded necklace for me with a wooden cross on it to wear under my clothes. And I said, that sounded great. But I went on to make one more request of it, and then in addition to the wooden beads that she was planning on making it out of, that there be 12 evenly spaced pearl-colored beads to stand out in contrast to the wooden beads, but also symbolizing the gates to the new Jerusalem that are depicted in Revelation 21. So Lent came, and I began to wear my new beaded necklace. And even though I did wear it under my clothes, some of my fellow Protestant classmates caught sight of it, and more than one of them immediately pointed to it and challenged me, saying, that's not a rosary, is it? Amongst our Protestant brothers and sisters, there can be many suspicions, if not downright accusations, involving the rosary. Catholics see it as magic. It violates Jesus' command not to use vain repetition in prayer. It's too focused on the Blessed Virgin Mary and not enough on Jesus. Well, amongst Catholics, though, there are incredibly deep devotions to the Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary. What is it that fuels such devotion? Why and how is the Rosary such a powerful weapon of prayer? And how can you grow in your prayerful recitation of the Rosary? That's our topic on the show today, the Holy Rosary. And joining us to guide our discussion is our spiritual director for the day, Sister Joseph Andrew Bogdanovitz, a Eucharistic and Marian Revival speaker and a Dominican sister of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Good to have you back with us, Sister. So good to be back, Patrick. Thank you. And I love your story. I'd love to put a rosary around the neck of everybody I ever meet. <laughs> Very good. Well, and I think it, I should point out, too, that um, I was already uh, kind of letting on that I was becoming more and more sympathetic towards Catholicism at this time. So good for people you. were yeah, steering me, uh, trying to, I mean, I, they were genuinely concerned, right? But uh, I think their concerns were guided by maybe some misconceptions that they had. Oh, and so definitely. I'm definitely. glad you're with us to help clear some things up about the rosary as well. <laughs> Thank you, well, Patrick. Let's, let's begin with the basic sister. So what, what is the rosary? Where does it come from and why do we pray it? And do you know, I have to start by saying you have hit one of my very, very, very favorite devotions after the mass. It's the rosary through and through and through and through. And really, it it goes back to St. Dominic, and of course being Dominican, um, and our order was given this very specially by um, St. Dominic gave it to the Blessed Mother, 
when he was in southern France praying to bring back to the faith um, these people who had fallen astray through, at that point in time, the Albigensian heresy. This is in the 13th century. And the Albigensian heresy has a lot in common with thinking today that I would certainly say has gone astray, like a lack of value of, of human life, not believing all life comes from God, not respecting life. And it, it goes on and on. So it's a very uh, inhuman um, thinking towards the beauty of life that God gives us. In any case, so Dominic had worked for like 10 years preaching and teaching, and that's that's what the Dominicans do. We preach and teach. Anyway, on the truth, and finally he just collapsed. He was a smart man, Patrick. He collapsed in front of his mother, Mary, and just said, Mary, how how can I bring these people back to your son? It's not working. You know, my, my thoughts, my tries, my efforts are not working. And so the tradition of the church, and this is uh, very much substantiated by many popes, including um, Pius V and Pius VI and on and on and on, John the Twenty, John Paul II, et cetera. Anyway, was that, that what the mother appeared to him holding the Christ child and holding the rosary. And she said, with this weapon, you will conquer. Mm. So we Dominicans wear our 15-decade rosary on the left side of our habit, which is really special in the sense of most people tend to be right-handed in the, the days of the Middle Evil Ages. You certainly, most people would have worn their weapons on their left side so that their right hand could cross over and they could pull it out in a hurry to fight the enemy. Who's uh-huh. our enemy? The devil. So this weapon is incredibly indulgenced by the popes on and on and on and on uh, through the ages since the the 13th century. And what it really means in Latin, rosarium, is is like a kind of a garden of roses. And so that's pretty much what the rosary is, like a crown of roses. And during this month of May, we all crown Mary. And roses in the Middle Ages were always a symbol of joy. And I just got back from Medjugorje. Now, I'm sure some people like it, some people don't. I love it. And Mary's most common used word besides peace in Medjugorje is joy. And I always think that's very special to the rosary because on the rosary, we really follow the life of Christ through the eyes of his mother. That's a really neat way to get to know someone. Mom, tell me what your son's like. Because she will have picked up nuances about him that nobody else would, including he himself in some ways. Certainly not in, in the divinity he knows himself the best. But I'm just saying there's something about the maternal presence that invites us all in. And there is such unconditional love given. And through the mysteries of the rosary, the 20 mysteries now, we follow all the way from the Annunciation when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and asked her, you know, if she would be the mother of God. So there's an invitation there, which is, which is so psychologically pure. God never demands anything of us. He invites us into his graces. And with our free wills, we say yes or no. And so with Mary's free will on that invitation, she accepted being the mother of God. 
And I think people hear that and they're like, well, I mean, who wouldn't? A lot of people wouldn't. She was a good Jewish woman. She knew the scriptures. She knew that the Messiah would be the man who came to suffer and to give his life as a ransom for all of us, that she would have to watch her son suffer. So there was a lot that goes into the Annunciation. And then, as John Paul II called the Rosary, it's the compendium of the Gospels. We go through the Gospels. And when John Paul II gave us the last five mysteries of the Rosary, or the luminous mysteries, that was in the year 2002, he really highlighted there the mysteries of light, obviously, but I think he also highlighted, in my mind, the way I pray them, it's kind of like, because they come between the joyful, well, who doesn't want to be joyful, and then they come next in the lineup of Christ on life, scripturally, and I just say they're kind of the mysteries of the mundane. It's what you and I do every day to become holier, to, to become closer to God, to bring Christ to this world, to, to be there for each other. It's the small unknown things in so many ways that um, I love to think of that as this is my life now. And then the sorrowful, which we all know, Good Friday, the Holy Saturday, the Passion, Death, and, and then the resurrection of Christ. So there's a completion of, of what we believe. Um, right. and, and I love the fact that, that I wear them at my side and that the world sees them. And being a, a person who doesn't always have an abundance of patience, I grab them, and they really do help me, just like they did you during Lent. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Really say, there is hope. There is a reason. You know, get your graces in this moment that I'm being tested or my patience is. Yeah. Well, and what I'm getting from you, Sister, and this was something that I did not realize as a Protestant, and I think that's that's one of the things, if I had any uh, lingering suspicions about the rosary when I was making my final kind of journey into the church, it was that I didn't, until I was taught correctly, of course, I didn't even realize mm-hmm. that there were mysteries, and I thought it was just kind of a, a repetition of, of these prayers mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. But really, mm-hmm. the power of the rosary in many ways does center around these mysteries of the life of our Lord um, that you've just mm-hmm. enumerated for us, right? The, the mm-hmm. joyful, the mm-hmm. luminous, the sorrowful, and then the glorious mysteries. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems like we're, well, and it's a good reminder that we're always meant to be in meditation when we are praying this way too, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I, I Another thing I love about it, it's called the, the common man's Psalter, because again, there are in the 15 mysteries of the rosary that we had until John Paul II added his five more, 150 Hail Marys, and that's a parallel to the 150 Psalms of David, so again, that stretches back into the Old Testament in that parallel. And the Hail Mary is certainly biblical. Yeah, the, the first chapter of Luke, two different verses make up the first portion of the Hail Mary. So that's totally biblical. But when when I pray the rosary, and I'm the, I have a very active mind, so I really do have to work at <laughs> yeah. concentrating. I'm glad I, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My problems, or at least my decisions, are all made on the rosary. I think they have been Uh since I was a child because my family had great devotion to the rosary. But 
but it gives me a space apart from all the noise and the um, upsets of this world that come into all of our lives and even internally. And as I'm trying to meditate on the mysteries, and I really do ask the Blessed Mother before I begin a rosary, you help me concentrate on the mysteries. But then she gives me the freedom to pray the, the first prayers I ever learned, the Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So to go into like a song whereby my spirits are just freed and uplifted. And um, what I really love about the rosary in so many ways is I think we come to Mary and then Mary opens our hearts to the Holy Spirit. Mm, At least yeah. that's what I say when I get distracted. Nice. Well, blame the Holy Spirit. Because <laughs> I was trying to meditate on the birth of Jesus, and all I kind of went to is, oh my gosh, it was the Holy Spirit that came into the womb of Mary, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of get carried away. Yeah. But But the rosary is the most soothing prayer I think we have. And I think it's for that reason, in a very chaotic world and society, more people are picking up the rosary. Mm-hmm. Now, Patrick, I have a really neat story for you, if if you want me to tell it to everyone. Sure. Well, hang on just a second, sister. Let me let me invite people to uh, join the conversation as well. If there's any particular thing that God has revealed to you and you're praying the rosary, if there's something that that has changed your life about praying the rosary, maybe... Do you remember the first rosary that you ever prayed? And how has your devotion to the rosary grown and developed and matured since then? And what has that meant for your life of faith? Give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149 is our studio line here at The Inner Life. 888-914-9149. If you prefer, you can send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Okay, sister, yeah, tell us. Tell me the, the special story. Okay, this special story. Remember on March 16th when I was on Relevant Radio when you and I discussed personal prayer. Right. So a young woman, and I won't say who or where or whatever, relatively newly married, um, beginning to to feel the stresses in her marriage, wrote me a beautiful open uh, letter and just said, Sister, what's your advice? You know, um, how do I enter into prayer more deeply? And it was very interesting because she mentioned that her husband had a devotion to Mary and she didn't have as much of one. So she wanted one to Christ to kind of counter his great devotion to Mary. So the, I picked up the phone and called her because she had left her, had put her phone number on there. And I said, you know, you don't need to counter. You need to walk with. And this is certainly obviously what the sacrament of marriage does. And so I made the suggestion that, each night, the two of them kneel together and pray. And I said, just start with a decade of the rosary and pray it together. And I said, maybe find a very special um, rosary that you both share, at least at the, at the beginning, and maybe a special crucifix and, and pray it together as that one couple, you know, in, in this beautiful sacrament of matrimony. So she wrote back and she said, or she said on the phone, that's, that's something that he would like, but I'm not sure I'm going to like it. And I said, well, then if you love him, just give it in faith, you know, just start it. I mean, what do we do when we kind of wish we had something that we don't? 
we act like we do and we move with it and we trust. And I said, Jesus will be right there with you. And she goes, okay. Then about, it was last week, I got the most beautiful letter back from her saying, we have moved into two mysteries of the rosary now, sister. We're beginning to realize this brings us the peace we both want to bring to one another at the end of our very busy days. And she said, we're doing it. She said, that is the neatest thing for married people to do. When there aren't any more words and everybody's frazzled, just kneel and pray the rosary and let the Blessed Mother and Jesus, you know, take your hearts to one another. Wonderful stories. That came through relevant radio. Thanks be to God, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we're all about, Mm -hmm. bringing Christ to the media through the, bringing Christ to the world, excuse me, through the media. That's what we're all about. And uh, we love to hear those types of stories. Maybe there is a way. Perhaps you've joined in the Family Rosary Across America as well, and that's a regular practice of yours. And uh, you've seen the Lord work in your own life in maybe some profound ways, maybe some very simple ways as he's leading you deeper into faith. Give us a call. Join the conversation. Tell us the story. 888-914-9149 is our phone number. Let's go to the phone, sister. We've got Jennifer who's calling in from Los Angeles. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Oh, so I just wanted to share my story. Uh, I was addicted to methamphetamine for 20 years. While I was incarcerated in 2016, I learned to pray the rosary. It has carried me throughout my whole changing my life. Every day I pray. I'm a devout Catholic. I go to Mass as as much as I can't tell you how much it has changed my life. I have a master's degree now in criminology, law, society. I'm an advocate for fairness within the criminal justice system. And I work for Father Boyle in Los Angeles for Homeboy Industries now as a supervisor. And I wouldn't have been able oh. to do it without the rosary, my faith. I owe everything to it. How beautiful. I, th- I think we all, at least those of us who love the rosary, totally understand. Jennifer, thank you for that beautiful witness. It, it is just so true that I, I really do believe it's the best way to tune in to the Holy Spirit through, as John Paul II said, the School of Mary just let him, you, you sit before Mary and let the mother just tell you and the Holy Spirit come into you in so many different ways, not just with ideas, but with peace, with, with the joy, with, with ideas, certainly, and um, with an ability to, to really accept the cross and know in this moment, there's great graces present. And sometimes we go so fast through life, we neglect them. I just think it's an age where we've got to pray. And for me, and I think like you, Jennifer, are saying, I calm down in the rosary and um, begin to really realize I'm not in charge. God is, and I have peace with that. And then I can go do what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a great uh, antidote to the frenetic nature of our society. Uh-huh. So, Jennifer, thank you so much for the wonderful testimony. Thank you for your service as well to others through Homeboy Industry, Industries out in uh, Southern California there. Grateful for that. And thanks most of all to our, our Lord for working in your life and the lives of so many others in this way through the Holy Rosary. That's our topic today here on The Inner Life is how has the rosary touched your life? How has it drawn you into a deeper relationship with our Blessed Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and with our Lord, our our Savior, Jesus. 
Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, our studio line is 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Need to take a short break, but we've got more of The Inner Life coming up right after this. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society, not available in all states. on Relevant Radio, RelevantRadio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. So glad that you're joining us today in this Marian month of May as we're talking about the Holy Rosary. The Rosary has made a difference in your life of faith if you have a special devotion to praying the Rosary, if you've seen the Lord work and move in your life through things that He has revealed to you through praying the Rosary. Give us a call. We'd love to have you uh, join the conversation and tell others the story as well. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Well, sister, uh, going back to my opening of the program and uh, some of the maybe the suspicions that those of other Christian traditions may have towards the rosary, it seems, it could seem to some that, yes, this is violating Jesus's whole uh, command not to babble like the pagans in prayer or in vain repetition as we're praying Hail Mary after Hail Mary after Hail Mary throughout the rosary. So why might this idea about the rosary be misguided or uh, at least founded upon some misconceptions? I thank you, Patrick. I think, um, again, coming from my mom's Baptist side of the family, I, I, I can understand what you're saying. And they couldn't, um, the Baptists couldn't understand it either. But they, one thing I think they took away was you really do take the mother of God very seriously, don't you? And I looked at my grandmother and I said, do you not take motherhood seriously? And, you know, being the mother of eight children, she kind of got quiet. And then my grandfather, who is um, much more vocal, said, but you're putting her in in Christ's place. And I said, no, I said, it's putting her in her place anyway. And we continued. And I'm not saying they ever really understood because that would have taken, you know, a special grace, which um, I don't think they probably had. But I think they began to realize there's something to this. And I know that my father at my grandfather's funeral was, um, while everyone else was, you know, expressing their their grief and crying and everything, my 100% Polish father was sitting in the corner silently praying his rosary. And I went over to him and I said, you're doing the best thing to be done here. And he goes, that man in that coffin, he was a good man. He's a, he has it good. The rest of us better be praying. <laughs> and I thought that's true. Well, when I left, I noticed the Baptist minister come over to my father and say, you, you look like you're at peace, and the others don't look like they are. And he said, well, I'm praying. I'm praying to Jesus through Mary. And he goes, I, what does that mean? So my father shared the rosary with him and just how it is scripturally based, and you think about Jesus's life, etc. And the minister suddenly said, do you have an extra one of those? So my father, oh. 
grabbed me and said, when we get home, we need to find all those pieces of rosaries. We need to put them together because this minister wants some, but don't tell your mother because when her mother asks her what's going on, mom shouldn't have to say anything (laughs) because she won't know. Then I went back to the convent and then I had more rosaries and I sent them. He started giving them out in his Baptist church. And the way that he gave them out was to say, hold on to this. They're very, very holy. Like you would, you love a a cross, you know, not necessarily the crucifix, but you love the cross and you love the Bible. And and he's going through the way they can understand. He goes, if you don't read the Bible, but you think of the Bible, he said, you hold these beads and you think of the Bible. And he began to slowly teach his Baptist group Mm. all about the rosary. And some liked it and some didn't, but those that didn't, the others would say, well, are you just carrying your Bible around or are you actually reading it? And they're, well, I'm reading it. They go, it's easier to read this when you're thinking of it. Just hold these beads and read it, and then you'll get even more inspiration. So they came at it a little bit differently at that point, but I do know, you know, several converted and I think they were all um, brought closer to it. So when people say that, I think what I always go back to is, don't you believe in the Bible? Everything that I'm thinking comes from prayer from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I think when we think about it like that, there's very few Christians that would ever, because they get they get hung up on, they don't understand that Mary brings us to Jesus. And as St. Louis de Montfort says, that's she's the easiest and most secure manner to get to Christ himself. And he she gives the example or, or he gives the example of de Montfort, if you're climbing up a mountain, um, how difficult it can be to climb up that mountain and you might fall and you might you know, it might take you forever if you ever do make it, but wouldn't it be easier for the, but, but you're trying to get to Jesus at the top of the mountain, wouldn't it be easier for Mary to just bend down and take you and lift you up to her son? That's what prayer to Mary does. That's what the rosary does. You feel yourself giving yourself more completely to Christ himself, and that's the secret of the rosary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's, I, yeah, it's a good clarification that you bring uh, to it and just a, a good reminder that uh, and, and actually for um, those those Christian brothers and sisters of ours who are maybe a little bit uh, wary of the rosary. I know for mm-hmm. me, uh, this, the scriptural rosary where you're actually incorporating Bible verses even in between yeah, yeah, each yeah. of the Hail Marys mm-hmm. is so helpful. And, and just uh, helping us to understand that, hey, you know what? These are, our meditations are all, as you said, sister, based on uh, reflections of the Bible, of, of things that are given to us in the Bible. Our spiritual director today on The Inner Life is Sister Joseph Andrew, Andrew Bogdanovitz, and she is a Eucharistic and Marian Revival speaker and a Dominican sister of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Let's go back to the phones now, sister. We've got Deacon Mark, who's calling okay. in from Lexington, Kentucky. Deacon Mark, welcome oh, to The nice. Inner Life. Okay. Good afternoon. How are you? Hello. <laughs> Good afternoon. Uh, I am a uh, convert from 
various different Protestant groups, charismatic <laughs> groups. And uh, uh, so, of course, the rosary was new to me when I first came into the church. But one of the things I found very helpful about it, uh, when I came in, I'd been in the Protestant seminary and things, so I knew the Bible pretty well, you know. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm rather spockish, you know. It's more of the, the head than the heart, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And so praying the rosary really helped me to connect with the mysteries of our faith, uh, with my mm. emotions, as well as with mm. my thoughts and understanding, mm. you know, mm. Um, mm. which I found very helpful and, and uh, taught RCA for about 20 years. And I would, when I would teach them about the rosary, I would encourage them to just start out by just praying one mystery, you know, one decade a day. And I mm-hmm. said, but, I said, because the rosary, you're supposed to meditate on the mysteries. You're not just repeating these prayers, you know, and and I said, so take the time, do one decade a day, but take the time to read the scripture passages first for which, you know, that are about that mystery and really think about them, basically doing like the Odavina, you know, and, uh, and then pray through that mystery and pick one or two people in, the, in that story that you can kind of try to experience that event you know, through their eyes, their emotions, mm-hmm. their experience, you know, how that impacted their lives. And I said, if you mm-hmm. pray through the rosary several times this way, uh, then when you start praying five decades, you know, you'll, you'll already kind of have all that stuff baked in and it'll come to you pretty quickly, you know. So, <laughs> I think that's beautiful. <laughs> I think that's excellent. I'm so glad. I hope you you continue teaching and go out to a bigger audience than just those interested in the Catholic faith, you know, because I think everybody would find the rosary makes our faith come alive. Just as you said, I I couldn't agree more. Every mystery of the rosary, when we really pray it with devotion, we find some very human emotion coming up inside us and we learn how to to appreciate it more, to deal with it, if it's something we need to deal with. And your idea is very much the Ignatian spirituality, where you put yourself into the middle of the mystery, and you see it through the eyes of Simeon or Anna or whoever is in that particular, or the sorrowful mysteries through the eyes of of the apostles as they see him led away through through Peter's uh, situation, through the apostles as they're hiding and wondering what's going on through, and then the resurrection. Oh, my gosh. You know, Mary Magdalene. And, and of course, always, for, for me, I always do. Mother Mary, what were you thinking at this time? And, and teach me to more deeply delve into, because so much of our faith will only come alive if we give ourselves to it in great vulnerability before God and the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what the rosary does. It, it takes these small segments throughout the Bible, as, as, as has been said, and it puts them before us. And again, um, that was great wisdom when you you're teaching this, Put yourself in that mystery. Be someone in that mystery and feel those emotions and get deeper and say, what is God saying to me in this mystery in my life today in 2023? 
and my family and my situation beautiful. Thank you. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Deacon Mark. Thank you for the uh, for the testimony, for the story. If you have a way that the rosary has touched your life and led you deeper into faithful relationship with our Lord, his mother, and his church, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Let me just add, too, that um, sometimes when I'm out uh, for a longer car trip, too, um, I have the relevant radio app, of course, on my phone, and uh, I'll load up the audio prayers that are there. And uh, Father Rocky has a 28-minute rosary um, that <clears throat> he has a number of reflections uh, before each of the mysteries that help you enter in more deeply into the mystery as well. So um, that's something else you could do. You could factor that into your life available on the relevant radio app. Let's go now to Will, who's calling in from the San Francisco Bay Area in California. Will, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Hi, thank you so much. Um, yeah, so I wanted to share my uh, helpful experience with the rosary. It's pretty powerful. Um, so my wife and I, we were civilly married, and now we're consolidated our marriage now. But when we came into the faith, we realized that um, we needed to commit to living as brothers and sisters. And that's when I realized, like, every night it was difficult because, of, co- of course, we have those lust- mm-hmm. lustful thoughts and ideas and imaginations. But then uh, it's in entertaining those ideas, imaginations, that it becomes sinful. And I know, and then I read somewhere that, or heard somewhere that the rosary is like a spiritual weapon. Uh-huh. So when I started praying the rosary, uh, I could feel like, you know, when uh, St. Paul said, uh, uh, burning with passion, I could feel that fire, like moving away. It just felt more, um, uh, it just felt lighter. And then by, by consciously praying, it, it makes it very distinct to make a decision of, okay, do I go with a lustful thoughts and ideas, or do I make this a prayerful moment? And I just felt like, uh, so sometimes I would sleep with the rosary uh, on my mm-hmm. hand, like, mm-hmm. uh, and I just felt like it's a, I just wanted to share with all those struggling um, uh, with lust and and some form of addiction that it, it is a powerful weapon. I could feel the enemy start to back away. Wow. Well, Will, I think the Blessed Mother prompted you to say that because I know there are a lot of people struggling with these issues and certainly others also, and she promises to be with us and that the final victory will be hers. She will crush Satan's head. And I think sometimes we can forget that and get mixed up in in so many other things when the reality is pick up a rosary and pray just as you did. That is the most beautiful testimony. Thank you. I'm sure there are many people, including myself, that are very touched by that. And thank God you knew to do that or you followed the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to pick up your rosary and give it to the Mother of God. And she took care of you and your Amen. wife. Yeah, that's right. Will, thank you so much for the testimony. That's a great thing. And it's, it's like you said, sister, it's a weapon. Never forget mm-hmm. that when you're carrying the rosary, I never <laughs> leave the house without it. So always take your weapon with you, right? It's a powerful, powerful weapon. Thank you, Will. Appreciate the call. Let's go now to Mary, who's calling in from Milwaukee. Mary, welcome to The Inner Life. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yes, it is a weapon. When I um, Many years back, my husband had a mission trip to Africa, and um, I, I had two small children, so I, I, I did turn to the Blessed Mother in earnest and um, mm. just asked for her to take every petition to God just to 
watched over us while he was away, but especially to bring him back to me because we had never been parted even, even overnight till then. So I did. And basically, um, I was praying the rosary every day. He was gone for about two weeks and towards those two weeks, um, I did receive a vision, um, right at the end of the rosary of like a very large hand with a very small plane in it. And I, and it was brief, but it was very significant. And I, yes, I was nervous, but the next morning I did receive a a call when I was supposed to be getting my husband from the airport that indeed, um, the plane that he took off in lost engines had returned to the airport and crash land. And they did crash land safely. They lost all the, you know, um, I don't know, like those, the wheels and everything, like the landing gear. Oh and um, and he said, but, you know, I'm safe, I'm safe. It's just I'm going to have to take another couple of days so they get another plane. And I immediately burst into tears, but I was like burning inside in mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, knowing that, you know, um, that God had indeed really saved him and all those others. Um, and <laughs> it just praised him. So I did eventually... Um, do the consecration uh, to the oh, Blessed good. Mother with a group of church. Good. Yeah, but that's good. <laughs> Mary, you are well named. <laughs> mm-hmm. You are well named. And again, I think these kinds of stories, you know, I think everyone can have a story similar to yours in, the, in their own life if they pray the rosary. So you felt pressed to really spiritually guard your husband and your family during this very difficult time. And I would say that was a miracle that was worked. And I, I'm sure when you get to heaven, the bus must done to say, I heard your prayers. I guess you noticed, Yeah. <laughs> you know, miracles are worked on the rosary from the rosary, from our prayer. And you got to believe that the Blessed Virgin Mary is asking us to pray the rosary as she has, you know, in, in various apparitions that she's had here in our world, then we certainly uh, we certainly can expect that the Lord is going to act in and through it in pr- probably many ways that we can't see, but in sometimes these powerful ways that we can see and can experience. Mary, thank you for the phone call. Thank you for the testimony. That's great and a great impetus for more people to call in with your testimonies about how the Lord has worked in your life, in the life of others, of loved ones, in and through the praying of the rosary. That's our focus today on the inner life with our spiritual director, Sister, Sister Joseph Andrew Bogdanovitz. And she will and I will be back with more of the inner life right after this. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, Thomas Angus, for taking your phone calls, and our spiritual director, Sister Joseph Andrew Bogdanovitz, who is a Eucharistic and Marian revival speaker and a Dominican sister of Mary, mother of the Eucharist in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We're talking today about the Holy Rosary. If the Rosary has touched your life of faith in some way and driven you deeper into relationship with our Lord, with His Mother, and with His Church, Give us a call. Tell us the story, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Let's go back to the phone, sister. Mary calling in from Indiana this time. Mary from Indiana, welcome to The Inner Life. Good to have you with us. 
Hi, thank you so much. Um, hi, Sister Joseph. Um, I'm also hi, um, I'm a lay I'm a lay Dominican. So oh, good, um, good, good. good. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a, an amazing experience. Um, I, I've had several, but this is so unique, and it reminded me so much of your story. Um, in that. Um, I was making a consecration to Mary, and during that time, I was also working in the prison. I, um, mm. I'm an artist, and I, I was teaching art mm. to the prisoners, and um, Mary told me in the rosary, she said, I want you to bring in the rosary, and mm. I started mm. laughing. <laughs> I said, Mary, mm. I can't even bring in a pen. I have to bring in pencils. How can we do this? <laughs> and I, I just said, well, Mary, when I go through the metal detector, you're just going to have to wrap your hands around them. Oh. And I'm going in, and they went through all clear. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> the men were so amazed. The men were so oh. grateful. And oh. um, this one... Um, I had the rosary that my uncle made, and um, the one man really picked up on that one rosary, and he put it around his neck, and I told him, you know, um, my uncle made that, and he said, I'll never take it off. And oh. then um, we decided that, you know, whenever, wherever we were in our life, we would say the rosary together at 6 a.m. until we can say it together in heaven. And um, so that that wasn't even the end of it. Later, she asked me to bring in miraculous medals, which are <laughs> Oh my gosh! Undetected, all these miraculous medals. And I remember one Native American who I just didn't know if he would understand what it was. He said, "My grandmother had one. May I have one, please?" And he told me about an experience she had seeing um, Jesus through her window. I mean, it's just like Mary's so great. <laughs> she is so wonderful. Named again, Mary. <laughs> How, that is absolutely so beautiful. You know, I really do think that God were, would work a lot more miracles if we would just let him. What does that mean? If we just had the faith, if we just put the miraculous medals to the metal detector and not worried about it, if we just pronounced our faith, if we lived our faith, if we carried our rosary, if we, you know, encourage others to pray the rosary, people, I'm, I'm going to tell a, a quick story, um, Patrick, right now. So I was teaching these uh, sophomores in a, in a Catholic high school, and there was, um, you know, as students always are, some are interested, some aren't interested, and this is a sophomore religion, which was morality at that time. I also had this very same student I'm going to refer to in biology at the same time. But in any case, he was the troublemaker and the leader and um, very, very hard to discipline. And part of it was because he really didn't want to hear about the Catholic faith, but his parents insisted to go to this Catholic school, so he had to be in religion class. So I worked with him, and I did something I'd never done in any of my teaching before. At Christmas, I went to the principal and said, this student is really not flourishing under me. I really requested you put him in someone else's religion class, and there were several others at that, that particular level. 
And so he said, okay, he said, that's um, unusual for you too, because you're always bragging about your students. And I said, I just don't seem to be able to reach this one. So in humility, please give them to somebody else. <laughs> Came back at Christmas and got, after Christmas, and got my listing for second semester. And there was this student's name. And I went to the principal and said, I think there was a mistake. And he goes, no, sorry, we couldn't move him. His schedule wouldn't permit. So as the second semester is going on, I got this idea to make him a rosary. So I made him a rosary, and I would keep him very specially in my daily rosary for all my students. I'd always mention his name. And so one day I just gave him the rosary, and, and he knew what it meant because I would always teach the rosary, and we would pray a deck to the rosary before all my classes uh, every year they ever taught. So I gave it to him, and I said, I made this, and I want you to keep this. I don't know what your life's going to bring, and neither did you but I know you're going to need the mother of God to protect you. Mm. And he just said, you, you made this for me. You know, I'm not Catholic. And I said, obviously you've made that abundantly clear that you, but I said, for some reason, I want, I think the blessed mother wants this for you. And so I gave it to him. Well, it meant a great deal to him. And he really did settle down for the remaining month or month and a half of school. Well, time goes on on mission to other schools, et cetera. And every once in a while, I would hear from this student. He went to a, a good college, got a good degree and everything else, and um, an architectural type, uh, excuse me, agricultural type work. So this one day, I get this um, this letter from him, and he is telling me that the Blessed Mother has saved his life. And so I'm reading it, and he is saying, I never... I always carry the rosary you made for me, sister. You always said you would protect me. He said, I was driving to my job in the mountains, and it was snowy and icy, and my truck veered off, and I had no control, and it went down this steep, steep embankment, hit something extremely hard. I realized my rosary had fallen out of my pocket. I bent down instantaneously to get my rosary, had it in my hand, and I couldn't get up. They had a helicopter to airlift if there was anybody alive still in this incredibly mangled vehicle. They had to cut the, you know, the whole thing open. I came out of it, stood up right with no scratches, and they looked at me like, how are you alive? And he said, I held up the rosary, and I said, Mary, the mother of God, protected me. Sister wow. said she would, and she did. And there was a tree that had come in the windshield and would have, of course, killed him, definitely, except he was down underneath it because he had hit the floor to grab his rosary. Wow. I love it. I, mean, I love Mary, it, sister. <laughs> yeah. She's always Mary on the lookout for is us. with us. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, without a doubt. I tell you what, uh, I want to squeeze in one more phone call here if we can, sister. We've got sure. Dustin, who's been waiting patiently in Sacramento, California. Oh, sure, Dustin, sure, thanks sure, for sure. calling in. Just a couple minutes left. Dustin, are you there? Hello? Yeah. Hi. Um, first of all, good morning and God bless. Um, <laughs> you too. Well, the rose are <laughs> good. Well, praying the rosary, I've had many profound experiences and epiphanies, but the most important one, I think, was when I received the epiphany that God wants me to become an ordained priest. Hmm. Wow. Wow. So what are you doing now? Well, right now I'm uh, <laughs> just a regular 
Californian worker <laughs> trying to make by. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I've been studying and I'm yeah. I'm slowly, unfortunately, but working my way towards it. <laughs> I know Beautiful. God will provide and help me get there. He and, will. He and will. Also, I just want to make. I also just want to say one more thing. Um, there's this movie quote that I've kind of adopted as my uh, personal mantra. So I mean, I'm not really a mantra, personal thing for me. That mm-hmm. I've ever since I started praying the rosary. It's that um, Mary points the way. <laughs> <laughs> that that seems to fit a lot of people. I, I like that. <laughs> that that's good. You can develop your own little um, yeah. One of mine is Mary smashing Mary smashing about the devil. You know she's going to crush his head. So I, I I get a lot of power out of that one too. So that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's good stuff, Dustin. And and that's another thing that uh, certainly as we are as we are praying the rosary too. I mean, the Lord uses it as a vehicle to speak into our lives. How many of our calls today, and uh, even some of the emails that we've received, have talked about? And sorry, we couldn't get everybody on the air. I knew that we were going to get a lot today when we're talking about this uh, favorite (laughs) devotional of so many Catholics around the world. Uh Um, But the Lord will use it as a vehicle to reveal things to us about our own lives, about what we should be praying for and that sort of thing, if we are open to it. And I think maybe that's a a key thing. And just before we we ask you for a prayer, Sister, um, maybe just a word on a good way to approach praying the rosary. What what should be at the fore of our minds as we're as we're praying the rosary? That's a beautiful question, Patrick. I think no matter what emotional state we're in, whether we're worried, whether we're at some kind of peace, whether we have a thousand things to do, et cetera, et cetera. I just wanted to mention this one thing: the um, if we give one percent of our day every day to God, that's fourteen minutes. That's enough time to pray the rosary. Hmm. And I say. Don't come with any preconceived ideas. Pray the mysteries that for that particular day, and you, there's a there's a system to them that we as sisters do. But but you don't have to do that. Pray the mysteries that seem to fit. Are you in the sorrowful mysteries now? Are you in the joyful? Are you, you know, they can be liturgical, like right now would be more the resurrection, the glorious mysteries. But pray whatever, and just get by yourself, you know, in your own home, someplace. And calm down and let God be God inside you. I think that's the the best thing that I could say. Let God be God. Great. Great advice, sister. It really is. May we have a prayer from you as we close today, sister? Blessed Mother, you know we love you. You know we love your son. Please bring us closer to your son so that someday all of us who so love you and so love the rosary and many, many more because of our love that will spread. We'll meet merrily in heaven. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, sister, for being our spiritual director. Tomorrow here on the program, we're going to be talking about judgment judgment, and how to avoid a judgmentalism. Hope you can join us. Until next time, grace and peace.